every entrepreneur has a story. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, where each episode, your host, Brian Carney, will share a drink with a successful business owner and have them discuss their unique journey, gaining insight on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and different ways to get there. Brian isn't just a beer nerd. He's also the co-founder of River's Edge Advisors, a financial planning firm headquartered in Delaware, specializing in working with business owners. It's time to pour yourself a drink and enjoy a happy half hour with an entrepreneur. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur. I am your host, Brian Carney. My guest today, this we have a special guest today. This is our very first listener-suggested guest. His name is Jared Hanning, and he owns Mindset Performance. Uh, his business actually maps the thinking patterns of entrepreneurs to identify areas of improvements that they can make in their lives. So, Jared, welcome to the show. Hey, hey happy to be here. I'm, I'm excited about this. So it's not, uh, it's interesting to get a random message on Facebook and say, Hey, I listened to, to the podcast and you have to have this guy on. So I was like, okay, well, what's this all about? So uh, you're, you are our, our, uh, inaugural write-in guest. So how's that feel? Woo-hoo. <laughs> That's great. Well, claim to fame. Love it. So, um, for, for the podcast, I'm going to be trying a beer that my brother actually dropped off. It's called, it's from Blue Point Brewing uh, in New York and New Hampshire. It's called Imperial Sunshine. Now, it's a blonde ale with orange and natural flavors. It's a strong one. So uh, if I start slurring by the end, it's because it's 9.6% alcohol. Uh, oh so, my gosh. Yeah, it, it, I didn't realize that until I cracked it open. So the uh, it's too late now to turn back, but... Um, so you, you, you actually don't drink alcohol, but you are a self-admitted coffee snob. So tell us a little bit about what you're going to be drinking today. Uh, a wee bit. Um, so this is a single shot, um, espresso. Uh, the beans are a company called Lucy Joe. Okay. Uh, they are dec- decaf beans. Um, I have found in the past couple months, um, maybe I'm getting older. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I sleep infinitely better. With decaf. Uh, when I drink decaf instead of regular calf, even though it's a cup of coffee, like early in the morning, wow. um, for, for whatever reason, a day is no longer enough for my body and I just sleep way better. So yeah, decaf being single shot. Um, I've got a little bit of foam milk, of course, um, a little bit of honey. Um, normally I put a sliver of butter in there. Oh, uh, that it, caveman it, coffee. Is that classified as caveman? Yeah. 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 So, um, that, that, I, that idea is that your brain is, uh, more efficient on fat than uh-huh. it is sugar. Hmm. So when the caffeine is riding along with fat molecules, you end up with a kind of a burn that's long and stable and very even. Um, but when the caffeine's riding on sugar molecules, you get like a caffeine high and then right. you're like, Oh Crash. gosh, I need another cup. Yeah. Um, what, what, what else in there? Um, honey, um, honey is low glycemic. Uh-huh. So while it does defeat the purpose to put fat and sugar, sugar. yeah, honey is a low glycemic sugar. So it's huh. not totally the end of the world. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Doing this on a, 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 a Solis barista. If you go to like Seattle coffee or something like that, you can find that espresso machine and then a Brevel um, grinder. Love it. Well, if anyone, cheers, cheers to you. Cheers. cheers. Well, yeah. Anyone's going to be uh, uh, tuned into how coffee affects the brain. I'm going to assume it's going to be you. So I'm fascinated by your business. So uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about your company. 
Yes. Mindset performance. Um, we've got a Nobel nominated process that teaches you how to think at a higher level. Um, we take people to the mindset gym where they do mindset pushups. Okay. Um, this is not, uh, this is not for everybody though. Um, this is for the, the business owner, the entrepreneur that's, that's already doing well and knows that their next breakthrough, their next evolution isn't going to come from a marketing seminar or a sales hack or a new ad, Facebook, Gimmo. It's going to come from them leveling up as people. Right. It's fundamentally shifting the way they think about solving problems. Okay. Um, is the, so how do you, do. so how do you even find out that this is, this is a business and there's an opportunity here to help people with this? Well, um, don't take my word for it. <laughs> don't believe anything I say. Um, what I, I, I say there for the customer, and then we'll take a look at on my end, like yeah. why did why did I go into this for the customers in, it's just a matter of, they take the mind scan. Um, yeah. they take a look at their thinking patterns and if that resonates with them, then they come to the gym. Um, and if it doesn't, then well, great. You know, you still had a great experience, uh, on my end for about 20 years, I was full-time classical music. Really? Um, I was principal viola with the South Carolina Philharmonic. And during that time I was, I would travel and speak and I give a series of talks on the musical secrets where I would teach you how to access different parts of your brain on demand. Huh. Um, there are things you can do physically to shift the networks that your brain is tapping into to solve problems. So yeah. for leaders and business owners, that gives them just incredible innovation and access to some pretty cool stuff. Well, at the end of 20 years, it was sort of like, all right, what's next? You know, I yeah. can't keep doing what I'm doing. I don't see myself continuing to get older doing what I'm doing. So what's next? And that just was like, well, how about I just continue with the speaking piece? Yep. And so that's where I went into mindset performance where I've been running the mindset gym for the past, um, 10 years. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's an interesting tie-in. Maybe we'll get to that later, but there is an interesting tie-in be between music and mindset. Well, it's kind of, let's dive there right now because I, you know, you you say you have a background in music, and I'm thinking, all right, someone that talks about brain patterns and how people think, they have a background in psychology. So I'm fascinated by how your background in music translates to this, and how that ends up becoming a thing. It's that's pretty cool. Okay, when you're in music, yep. whether you are singing along to the radio, clapping your hands to the beat, whatever it is, yep. In that moment that you are co-creating, creating, participating in that moment, you are using more different parts of your brain than any other activity of life. This is a sharp contrast with athletic performance where the better your body is performing athletically, they call it like the zone, yep. um, the less of your brain you're using. Your brain actually quiets down. It enters a very meditative space. And the reason is we can't afford to spend glucose thinking that yep. glucose needs to go to big muscle groups. Music is the opposite though. Um, the more you're engaged in music, the more different processes are being activated at one time. This does not mean that music is better for your brain. Than right. It doesn't mean that it's just a different way of using your brain. Yeah. Um, so when you learn how to tap into those networks, then it shifts how you think and mm. how you access those next thoughts. Um, the saying in, in my line of work is you're only one thought away from your next breakthrough. Uh, I love that. I love that. So talk, talk a little bit about how you, your business helps business owners. You know, I, I'm thinking, okay, you say brain scan, 
you uh, for for those who aren't watching on YouTube, um, he pulled up what it looked like on an iPad. It looked like an MRI. So I'm thinking, all right, you got to slide me into an MRI, and I we got to figure it out that way. So how do you actually get the data for how the the brain is thinking? Okay, so two questions: How does it help business owners? Yep. Um, and how do we get the data? Yes. The first one is we get the data with what we would refer to as an assessment. It's not okay. a medical device. Um, you can take it on your computer at home. Um, that, but I hesitate to use that word assessment because instantly uh, people think disc, Myers-Briggs, Strength Finders, Neogram. Yeah, I was exactly so, thinking disc for sure. Yep. Small, a uh, couple distinctions there. Um, those uh, tend to be population comparisons and they tend to be like personality driven uh, traits. So what you end up with is interesting information, um, but it's not helpful information. It's actually distractingly unhelpful. It's so interesting that you're not aware. It's not really helpful. Um, if you went to the doctor yep. um, and the doctor said, Hey, you have this condition and, and we have a 25% success rate treating it. Yeah. That's not helpful. Right. Yeah. So, I, I need to know what side of the line am I on? That's what sure. I need to know. Right. <laughs> right. So taking one of those assessments and, hey, you have this tendency and 25% of the population has it. That doesn't tell me what to do today in my business. For sure. The second thing is they tend to be questionnaire based. And because yeah. you're answering questions, your subconscious is gaming the system. Um, well, there's no way out of that. It's just how the brain's wired. If you can imagine going to the doctor and the doctor comes in with somebody else's test results. Yes. That's not helpful. <laughs> so, the mind scan, um, Nobel nominated for a reason, but it's not questionnaire based. So your subconscious can't game the system. It's not a population comparison. It is only a measurement of you, the individual. That graph that it produces of your thinking patterns is like a fingerprint. It's as unique as you are. Wow. So we do that with an assessment online. Yep. Uh, we're having you sort through your values. Okay. What for you is more good yep. or more bad in the world for you. Um, and you stack those. It gets pretty, pretty tight after a while. Um, so that's kind of how we get the data. Okay. And then um, the algorithm, you'd be surprised what you can tell by somebody based on their values. Um, for example, if, if I asked you to make one of these as the more good, a okay. technical improvement yep. or a baby. Yep. And, and you got to say, which one is more good? Odd well, comparison. Right. <laughs> and they're both good for that matter. Sure. But for you, one of them is slightly more good for reasons yeah. as unique as you are. And then if we take- It's baby, know, by 18, the way. It's baby for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if we take 18 of those, then that really paints a unique picture yeah. of how the world shows up for you. Um, so that's how we get the data. Okay. That's, that is pretty fascinating. You know, because when you, know, you say questionnaire assessment, I think I immediately went to DISC and you're absolutely right when your your subconscious really is set up to game that system i remember you know you get on a path where like yeah this really is me oh this is me this is me and you keep going down that clicking those those type of answers so it is interesting that it's not necessarily um about questions that you can answer in a i like um i would prefer going to a party as opposed to go, sitting at home those things are in the same stratosphere um and don't really do a whole lot. So the, your, your test is fascinating to me. 
It is. It's yeah. bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if that is that is that actually like a is that a real question? You know, trans uh, mm-hmm. technical improvement versus a baby. Yes. 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 Um, and I I don't want to I don't want to reveal too much. Sure. Unless yeah. Your subconscious start trying to game the system. Yep. Um, but it it does reveal a lot about somebody based on which one of those they For feel sure. is more good. Yeah. And it's not right, wrong. There's not a perfect, there is no perfect, nothing. I mean, it's, it's just a different way of solving problems and, and being out in the world. Yeah. And because of those values, that individual experiences radically different problems in their business Mm -hmm. um, because of those battles. It's just, I don't know, it's crazy, but. So, so you extract that data and you sort of uh, map out my, my brain. Right. Yes. Yes. Based how, on how do you take that data and help me make improvements in my life? Okay. Or my business. Okay. 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 So what, what is thinking patterns have to do with business? Um, especially when we're in this world where action gets results, mm-hmm. like just, just take the action, right? Well, in, in your business, there are three things that are going on. So if you think about whatever has been frustrating you over the years, don't have enough time, don't have enough money, can't hire the right support, don't have the right support, like too many whatever, meetings, <laughs> too many meetings. Yeah. yeah um, aren't closing enough, aren't getting enough leads, like whatever the frustration is. Yep. There's three things that are true. Number one, you are currently doing all you know to do. You're not mm-hmm. a slacker. Like if there was something else you could be doing, you'd already be doing it. What that means is, and this is so hard to hear, but trying harder won't make a difference or it would have by now. Interesting. Number two, everything you're doing is a good idea. It, I mean, you're no dummy. It's reasonable and rational and smart and logical. And I mean, you're not doing stupid stuff, right? Right. <laughs> what that means is that working smarter isn't going to make a difference or it would have by now, mm-hmm. which leaves us with a breakthrough in your situation, the thing that's going to radically transform that trajectory of your business will first seem like a bad idea. Okay. If it made sense to do, you'd already be doing it. Yep. And that's the pickle. How are you supposed to think of the thing you can't think of? Yeah. Because you can't read the label from the inside of the bottle. Right, right. So what we do with the mind scan is we map out the way your brain's solving problems. And that's where we can see the blind spot that's been tripping you up. The blind spot is a way of thinking that yep. obscures part of the picture. Um, so we're able to see that on paper so that you can leverage your strengths yep. to a greater degree. So the, I'm fascinated with this. So uh, when you get to the end with a, with a client and you say, here's the blind spot, this is what's hiding behind it. Are people, are your clients usually more like, yeah, that's not, no, no way that's real. Or are they more like, holy crap, I can't believe it's that simple. Okay. Usually when people take the mind scan, the very first thing they say is, did I take it right? Ah, because it is unlike any other assessment. Sure. And so there's kind of a, well, I've never experienced this before. Did I do it right? That's yeah. the first thing. The second thing they say is, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Something right. like that. Um, and they 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 have the, this feeling like I not like a bait and switch. Yeah. 
but they were thinking it was going to be your disc Myers-Briggs strength finders experience. And this was completely not Yeah, like more specific, more helpful, more personal to your situation, more encouraging, more empowering. Um, and so it's kind of a freaky, it's kind of a freaky experience. Yeah, I would say so. Um, Take us through, so you, you do have, you know, on your website, you have, there's some podcast topics that I think are interesting and you already brought one up. And I would say you could argue they're quote unquote controversial, right? So uh, one thing is to-do lists are a waste of time and I have one right here. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm personally offended by that. No. Uh, and then you talked already about working harder, working smarter and not harder. And I think that's that mantra has been beaten into business owners, you know, often. Can you unpack that a little bit for me and explain to me what you mean about the to-do lists first? Yes. So the claim is that uh, being focused on getting things done um, reduces your productivity Mm -hmm. and using a to-do list, being excited about checking things off your to-do list reduces your income. Interesting. Um, so let's let's unpack both of these. Yes. Um, this is a weird conundrum because on the surface, it makes sense that action gets results. And so the yeah. more action you take, the more results you have. So if you want to get more done, shouldn't you like make a list and, and check it off so that you stay focused on getting things done and you stay on track? And, and, um, and but that's a way of thinking just mm-hmm. for now, just we're going to earmark this. Yeah. Consider it as a way of thinking that okay. action gets results. Just a way. Yes, it works. It works. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it makes sense and it produces results. But my claim though, is that being focused on getting things done reduces your productivity and checking things off your to-do list reduces your income. Yep. Okay. So here are some things that are going on there. And again, it's that way of thinking. Yeah. Um, usually if a way of thinking makes sense, it's probably the blind spot that's holding your business back. Okay. Um, so, uh, if you look at your to-do list, yep. you just anybody can look at their to-do list They most people don't even need to look at it because it's the same thing day <laughs> after day after day after day. Yep. But look at your to-do list. <laughs> and I bet you that nine out of 10 things on there could be delegated for $15 an hour provided it was the right person for that type of task yep. and they were trained with the right system or protocol that you use when you do it. Yes. So if it was the right person for the task, cause yep. they had the right mindset or whatever for that type of detail. And we spent 30 minutes walking them through our first, I do this, then I do this, and then I do this system. Okay. Yep. of everything on there could be delegated for $15 an hour. Interesting. That means is the more you're checking things off your to-do list, the more time and attention of your day is going towards the lowest revenue producing task in your business. And there comes the drop in income. So there's the drop in income. You're Mm. you're focused on everything you should not be doing to start with. Very interesting. Now, Now let's take a look at productivity. Why does being focused on getting things done reduce your productivity? Why does it limit actually getting things done? And here's what's going on there. When you do a task, it doesn't matter how good you are at the task. When you do the task and spend a block of time 
uh, customer support emails or product fulfillment or contract in the mail, whatever it is. When you spend your block of time on that task, this is kind of weird, but you got the task done, yep. but you didn't address the reason it ever had to be done to start with. Okay. Like when I return emails today, that doesn't fix anything. It's True. just bailing water in a boat. Tomorrow, I'm still going to have emails. Right. However, yeah. instead of returning emails today, if I will let those people get slightly more upset than they would be, yep. and instead spend that time going through my emails for the past month, okay, what are the top three emails that I normally get? What are the top three answers I normally get? And what are three categories that might fall into that? Wow. Documenting. This is what normally happens. And then going through my assistance. Okay. Who is the, of the mindset for this type of thing? Who's the mindset for that? And then pairing the system up with them during that block of time, I did not actually return any emails. Yep. However, I will never again have to return those emails because so, I solved the problem. Yeah, this is, um, this is awesome. So one of the things that I've noticed a lot of business owners do right? And I feel like if this really falls into what you're talking about is they could spend hours, weeks, months training someone to do a certain part of their job, but they go, you know what? It's easier just for me to do it myself, right? So the business becomes so reliant upon them actually pulling the lever and pushing the button. So what you're doing is you're actually uncovering a way for a business owner to really unlock insane amount of potential from the value of the business. If the business isn't so dependent upon them pushing the button every day, that gives them the opportunity to actually increase the multiples for the, which they could potentially sell their business if they'd wanted to. Am I, am I overstating yes. that? Okay. No, no, you're, you're not. You're okay. not. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, it's not that you don't do anything. Right. It's what are you spending your time on? And the answer is it needs to be building systems and relationships. It mm. needs to be things that scale. Yeah. If you had a poster in the office in your, in your room, that poster should say, if I'm doing the work, I'm falling behind. Got it. So that you're constantly going, how else could this be done? Yeah. Now, the, now back to that way of thinking. Remember the achiever, hustle, grind, get it done, take action mindset. That mindset is constantly seeking what needs to be done. So for this individual, while they pride themselves on getting things done, they always have more on their to-do list than they have time to get done. And there's that paradox. If action gets results, I mean, how are you supposed to argue with that? Sure. But at the same time, I can't explain why I'm taking more action and I always so good, have more than I have time to get done. Yeah. It's a way of thinking. There's another way of thinking that says, good Lord, there's more here than I have time to get done. Because of that, I don't have time to get it done. So who can help? Who can I partner with, consult with, barter with, trade with? Who can I hire? Yeah. Who can I temporarily hire? And what's the best system for them to use? What's the best order? What's the most efficient task? It's just a different way of thinking. Yep. Now, the person who values hustle and grinding, that mindset, that mindset says, but I don't have enough money to hire somebody. Oh, what you. a convenient excuse. Right. <laughs> now you're justified in doing more of the work yourself. That mindset says, but I don't have enough time to train somebody. This has, oh, what a convenient excuse. Now you're justified in doing more of the work yourself. However, the leader 
says, I don't have the money to do this. Therefore, spending my time on $15 an hour tasks is just going to make it worse. Wow. So how else can I solve this problem? Yeah. I, Who I, can I barter with, partner with, trade with? Yeah. This is a, I feel like this is almost a, uh, a life awakening for people where they, the first step is they have to admit they have a problem, you know? <laughs> uh, I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan, which I've talked about many a times. And they hired a coach many years ago coming from college. He was supposed to be, they called him boy genius. His name was Chip Kelly. But the one thing that he always said, which I think is appropriate here, is the one answer he would never tolerate is we're going to do it that way because that's the way we've always done it. So you're kind of taking a landmine to the way people think and exploding it. And I, I, I would imagine there is a certain group of people that th this makes them super uncomfortable, but that's where all yes. the magic happens outside their comfort zone. Right. 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 So that, that's where I say, don't believe me. Don't take my word for it. Yeah. Right. Um, it, if I'm saying using a to-do list lowers your income and you're saying, but that's not true. <laughs> because I, I have always used a to-do list and I like using the to-do list and, and I enjoy using it and I'm good. At, okay. Notice that we're not talking about the same thing, right? I'm saying it lowers your income. You're saying you're really comfortable and enjoy operating that way. Yeah. We're not talking about the same thing for sure. Um, so for, to that, I say, don't believe me. Yep. Don't take my word for it. Simply take the mind scan for yourself and see if you think what it reveals in your situation is helpful. Yeah. But don't take my word for it. That's great. So I got, I do, I want to talk a little bit more about some specifics. So what are, what would one of the most common ways of thinking or mistakes either, or that you see a lot of the, your clients making, you know, everyone so, is sort of every different scheme you said is, is like a fingerprint, but I'm sure yeah. there's some sort yeah. of commonality that you see or, or there, there are common some commonalities. Threat. Yeah, there are some commonalities. So um, one of those commonalities uh, is what creates blind spots. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So a blind spot in our thinking is something that makes sense. And because it makes sense, it obscures part of the picture. Mm-hmm. Like we can't see that it's a blind spot because what we're looking at makes so much darn sense. Yep. Um, and these blind spots occur when we extremely overvalue or undervalue a certain trait. For okay. example, um, action gets results. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. However, if I try to solve every problem I come into with action, even yeah. though it makes sense, it's going to obscure other possibilities. Yep. Some people say the most important thing is people because how people feel, people don't remember what you did for them. They remember how you made them feel. Yep. So we need to be more focused on that rapport and customer engagement and the customer journey and building that relationship. We need to stack those relationships with emotional bank deposits. Yes. Every day and twice on Sunday. Yeah. But if we overvalue that, then it becomes a blind spot mm. because what you're looking at is the truth and it's reasonable and rational and makes a lot of sense, but you're holding it so close to your face that you can't see the rest of the puzzle. Yeah. So overvalue, undervalue is one of the common things that we run into. That makes it, that makes a lot of sense. Um, thinking about the relation, the systems and relationships, you know, um, 
being able to, to overvalue a relationship that I I'm, I'm kind of throwing out an idea here would be sort of like, well, I don't really have to call them back because they love me anyway. Is that kind of the, the deal there? <laughs> <laughs> so that would be an example of undervalue. Oh, no, okay. Got it. Got it. That'd be an example. So yep. I don't have to call them back. That indicates, you know, there is a transaction to be had. Yeah. They have an expectation. They have an emotional need. You're aware yep. of it. I don't need to call them back because they already know. And that's just a reason to justify discounting your own intuition about the emotional bank deposit. Yeah. It probably needs to be put into place right there. Um, but then there's people that have an extreme value on systems and process and planning and, and staying within the, the guidelines is the most important and following the rule and following the protocol is very, very important. And that's true. It is. Yeah. Because without it, we don't have scale. Without it, sure. we don't have efficiency. We don't have profitability. When it becomes the only thing that matters, then we start to run into a pickle. Yeah, for sure. Um, and these are just ways of thinking, yeah. ways of solving problems. So as you're talking, you talk about systems and relationships. It makes me think of myself and my business partner. So when you do you deal with two partners and you have them uh, and they answer, well, they come out with totally different, they own the same business, but have completely different thinking patterns? Um, no. Okay. No, I wish I did. Yeah. I wish I did more often. I, I really wish I did. Um, and it's something we coach people to, but sadly, no. Okay. Um, so <laughs> one of the things that made Abraham Lincoln um, so unusual in our traditional type of presidents is that Abraham Lincoln purposely staffed his cabinet with the people who were running against him. Hmm. He was, he staffed his cabinet with the opposite political party. Interesting. Because he knew that one way of thinking isn't the only way of thinking. It's just a small part of the puzzle. And if you take that small part of the puzzle and try to make it the whole puzzle, it's not good for the whole. It's not good for the whole country. Now, no other president is crazy like that. Like that just seems idiotic to them. Yeah. So there, there was something about Abraham Lincoln that he valued the whole above mm -hmm. his personal ideals and his personal values and his personal strategies. Well, as you can imagine, another reason that that doesn't work is you've got a cabinet filled with people that hate you and disagree <laughs> with you. Touche. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it takes a really special kind of person to be able to navigate those conversations. Yeah. So when people are in business together, they tend to already think alike. Interesting. And you just end up with more of the same. Yeah. This allows them to get along really well. Yeah. It allows them to have short meetings and good vibes and feel good, but it also makes that blind spot even worse. Yeah. You have two blind spots there. You got two I'm blind actually, spots. I, I, honestly, I'm a little surprised that it's that way, That, but it does make sense the way you explained it. So I'd love to hear, I'm sure you have one, you know, that you, you like to tell. I'd love to hear a, a real success story that you, you helped one of your clients sort of unlock this and, and what that meant for them in their business. Okay. Um, a couple of stories. I'll give you different kinds. Perfect. Um, emotionally meaningful kinds, the financially successful kinds. Love it. Uh, profitability kinds, relationship kinds. Had a lady, she was doing cottage industry. So mm -hmm. super, super side business. Um, she was working her 40 and then she'd come home nights and weekends and she's making these cookies. Now I say cookies. And then I know that sounds silly, but 
these are like Smithsonian works of art. Um, <laughs> the, the golfer John Daly, when he's in town, he has her cookies at her, his parties. Oh, um, wow. Kyle, the Marine that goes on the speaking tour, his her cookies are at his ceremonies. Yeah. And these are just amazing, amazing. So the demand is insane. I mean, so she'd work her 40 and then she'd on nights and weekends put in another 50. Yikes. She's just killing herself every week. Well, it takes the mind scan. And she, remember, you can't read the label from the inside of the bottle. Mm -hmm. And this is only for those people that acknowledge that their next evolution is going to come from leveling up as a person, yep. not from getting a new marketing hack going on. So she sees the way her brain was solving problems. She recognizes why that made sense, but why it was also getting in the way. By shifting what she was using to solve problems, she tripled her income in the next year and cut her production time in half. So that's a six-fold increase. Yeah. More than enough to offset her full-time job. Mm -hmm. Simply from solving problems with a different value in play. Wow. There's no perfect value. It's just other ways that we can solve that problem, right? Had a guy um, who was doing uh, apartments. So buying and selling these things all over the country, facilitating a lot of transactions. And he got stuck in the middle, frequently having to oversee property management after the deal. And this put him kind of with the golden handcuffs, right? He was making too much money to take them off, but not really enough money to take them off either. Mm -hmm. And so there he is stuck. Well, we take, takes the mind scan. He takes a look at how his brain was solving some of those problems. And one of the things he noticed was that he had a high emphasis on action. Hmm. Lo and behold, remember, there's more here than I have time to get done. Sure. And so what does my brain do? It looks for more to do. Yep. I'm sorry, but you can't solve a bad strategy with stubbornness. Right. <laughs> so there he is, gets clarity on his strength, gets clarity on the blind spot that was holding him up. Now his 300,000 a year business consists of him making three to five phone calls a day. Wow. Just because his brain is solving problems differently. Yeah. As opposed to look what needs to be done. I've got to get to work. It's who else can help. That's amazing. Um, had a lady. She is, this is probably my most meaningful story, at least to me personally, because I've, yeah. got, I've got a kid and, you know, I, val I value that tremendously. Um, so she's doing 300,000, maybe 350, um, doing books. She's helping people get their book to market, print it, publish it. Um, showing them how to make money mm -hmm. off of the book on the back end, having kind of a back end story going on. And she'd come home and she's got four little kids and they're all under the age of eight. Now, if you've had little kids, you know, it's like having a blender without a top. Yes. So she's coming home <laughs> and she's busy around her kids, right? You got to keep them alive and feed and sleep and homework and sports and clean. usually a good idea. Yep. Right. There's just stuff to do. So mm -hmm. here she is busy at work and busy around her kids. Now her husband's a great guy, but sometimes great guy just doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. So she's having a conversation with him for the past eight years and he's just not understanding. It's, it's not working. He's mm -hmm. not, and she's doing everything you know to do and you know how well that works too. And so it's just blah, what do we do? Takes the mind scan notices how her brain was solving this problem with her spouse, how it was trying to navigate the conversation. By seeing the values at play, she was able to choose different values at play. Now, when you change the value, yep. you change the path that conversation takes through the bane. When you change the path, you change the emotional response. Yeah. So by putting this in play, she goes back to have the same conversation she's been having 
Only now he hears her in a way that he has never heard her before. In that conversation, they create for her 10 free hours every week to be present around her kids, present with them and not busy around them. Understanding how this works and having the success and experience at home, she takes the same principle to work for her partners and her employees has the same conversation. Now that she understands you got to go through a different path in the brain to trigger a different emotion, creates 30 free hours at work for her to be working on her business and out of the weeds in her business, simply because she tapped into a different way of thinking about solving that problem. Incredible. That's really changing the trajectory of people's lives. When you start giving them strategies to create more time, that is, that's big stuff there. Pretty amazing. But not... I would go a step further. It's not strategy. Yeah. It's a way of thinking. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's a way of thinking. And this is why some people always have more than enough time, always have more than enough money. Yeah. They have right. to touch it more. The less they're worth, the more they make because of how they think about solving problems. Yeah. Whereas other people never have enough time, never have enough money, even though they're working their butts off because yep. of how they think about solving those problems. Amazing. I love it. All right, last question I wanted to ask you. Have you run yourself through this process and what did you learn about yourself by, by going through this? All right, so back in the day, yep. I had a common frustration where people would tell me, oh my gosh, you're the best, you're so amazing, man, you changed this and saved this and oh man, I'm so thankful, blah, 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 blah. But they would never refer me to other clients. Yeah. They would refer other people instead who they didn't hire. That's and I was thinking like, why are you going out of your way to tell me, <laughs> like, I didn't ask you brought this up. Why are you going right. out of your way to say this, but then you don't refer what's going on. Yeah. Well, um, at that time I took the mind scan and I saw how my brain was solving problems at that time. My brain had a very high emphasis on action and a very low emphasis on how people felt mm -hmm. action gets results. Right. So if, uh, you know, we were lost in the woods my brain goes, we're lost. We need to go that way. Mm -hmm. Somebody else's brain goes, well, Hey, how do you guys feel about that? How are right. you other guys doing? It's just a different way of solving problems for sure. So yep. At that time, because of that value in play at that time, somebody might be telling me their story and my brain inside my head would skip to the end. My mm -hmm. brain would be like, yeah, yeah. I know how you feel. I just don't care. Yeah. Like just if you would take this action, we wouldn't have this conversation. Now that's happening inside my head. Yeah, sure. So like people don't remember what you did for them. They remember how you made them feel. So yeah. duh, people would have positive things to say about the results, but not actually refer me because they didn't have an emotional, meaningful to them connection. So then I changed. I started solving problems based on how I wanted the other person to feel. Yeah. Started stacking relationships with emotional bank deposits, high value relationships. This is defined as things that are emotionally meaningful to them, regardless of how I feel about it. Right. So thank you cards, gifts, baby pictures, dog pictures. Hey, I saw this funny video and I know that you love this kind of thing. Let me know what you think. Right. Emotional bank deposits. Now my clients refer me to other gigs. They even close them for me higher paying gigs every day and twice on Sunday Amazing. because my brain started solving problems based on the relationship as opposed, as opposed to the end result. Yeah. Relationships over outcomes. That's pretty amazing. I love it. 
Well, this is awesome. I I really enjoyed having you on this. I could probably talk to you for another 45 minutes, but uh, it it is a happy half hour. Um, If you would like to learn a little bit more about Jared and his business, please go to mindsetperformance.co. If you'd like to connect with me on the untapped app, my username is brcarney7. To learn about how our firm helps business owners with their financial planning, visit riversedgeadvisors.com. And to hear past episodes of the podcast, go to happy dash half dash hour.com. Now, judgment time for this for this beer. Not gonna lie, didn't love it. Um oh yeah. Uh it was very orangey. And um uh, after you get hit with the orange, it calms down a little bit. And I would probably give this a on my scale of five. I'd probably give it a two. I'm not sure I would actually drink it again. Sorry, blue point. Um but so okay. there's the end. Judgment time. Uh, yeah. I botched the brew. Oh no. Uh, espresso was okay. I added a little bit too much honey. Yep. Um, and, and I regret that. So th- <laughs> this was a rush cup, too much honey. I messed it up. I'll do better next time. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, operator error, right? Yeah. That yeah. Was, yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's Jared, right. This, I really appreciate it. This is great. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And cheers to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, sponsored by Rivers Edge Advisors. For more information on how Rivers Edge Advisors can help you, visit their website at riversedgeadvisors.com. If you'd like to connect with Brian Carney for business advice or just to share a beer, Follow him on Instagram at Rivers Edge Advisors underscore LLC.